I always like to quote Tom Goldtooth. He's a Navajo man who says that, you know, change will come when the white men in this society realize that chemicals in the environment are causing their testicles to shrink. You know, the money's going to yeah. flow like water to the environmental <laughs> movement. You know, and that's true. Are you looking for solutions? I'm Sharmi Golson, and I've got them. Thursdays at 6 p.m. on Renegade Solutions, right here on 88.3 FM, Radio Free Ann Arbor, WCBN. You are listening to WCBN FM Ann Arbor. We're getting off to just a little bit of a late start here for Closets Off for Clothes, but fear not, it will be on very shortly, within five minutes or less. So stay tuned for that, and thanks for listening. In the meanwhile, this is Weather Report with a song called Birdland from their album Heavy Weather.
are we doing in here? Dan, get off my foot. There are hangers everywhere, Christy. And what's up with these mothballs? This is stifling. I feel like I can't breathe. Yeah, and I can barely move. Forget this, man. Closets, Closets are, are for clothes. clothes. Closets Are For Clothes is Michigan's premier queer radio show, celebrating 30 years of broadcast excellence. 60 minutes of award-winning gaiety and witty repartee. Every Wednesday on WCBN from 6 until 7 p.m. Brought Brought to you by by two two people who have have all the class of a flea circus. Tune in for news, interviews, and reviews of interest to the LGBT community, our friends, family, and allies. Join your hosts, Christy Cardinal and Dan Burns, every Wednesday on WCBN. Uh, Dan, you're still on my foot. Oh, sorry. Hey, we're on. Hey. Welcome to Closets Are For Clothes on Wednesday, September 27th. Um, happy birthday, Clisty, my best friend from ever in life. We've been friends for over 20 years, which is a really hard thing to say, but today's her birthday. Happy birthday to you. Um, and you are joining us on Closets Are For Clothes. I'm Christy, joined by Bryn. Welcome, Bryn. Hey. Yay. Hi, Welcome, Bryn. And Dan's on the phone. Hi, everybody. Hi. So, uh, in honor of it being your first show, Bryn, how are you? I'm doing just great. <laughs> <laughs> how, how have your guys' weeks been? Yeah, how, Dan, how's your week? Aren't you in Texas? I am in Texas. I am in Texas. And um, I'll tell you, it is a very interesting down here. One, um, what was the temperature up there? Today, yeah. I think it was like 69. <laughs> we got up to 90s. Oh, wow. It was nice and warm up here. I wouldn't trade. <laughs> I, I mean, I would trade the rain and maybe the yeah, hail, but... Oh, the rain was so intense. Today. Yeah, it was. It was gross intense. Um, so, 90s. 90 degrees down here. Wow. Definitely. definitely. Now, the trip down here was kind of interesting as well. I never... I, I don't know if I'm like... I, I, think, uh, I think there's now proof that there is a file on us, um, Christy. There's a file, an FBI file? Yes, exactly. Right. I'm sure file. of it. Bryn, that was one of the things I guess we never really told you about. Right, uh, is that we are monitored, I think. We're yeah. monitored on the show. I imagine I probably was before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they just getting bigger and bigger. And bigger. Right, right. right. Why do you say that, Dan? What's your proof? Well, the proof is, is that I, uh, that there was a, um, I, not only was I searched um, and separated from the pack uh, when I was at the airport, uh, and they asked me to not only take off my shoes, but they also then took out, had me to take off my socks, untuck un, um, my shirt. Mm-hmm. Um, all, it, was, it was like, wow, this is where they <laughs> went through me as a, with a fine-tooth uh, comb, I'll tell you. But it was, and then they went through all my online, on my, um, uh, the stuff I was going to be taking on, uh, on board. Carry-on? The carry-on, mm-hmm. thank you. Um, and then when I got to the hotel, I opened up my suitcase, and they had also searched all of that as well. Wow. 
Did, so, did you have any liquids or gels with you? Cause um, I like, did, but not yeah. uh, on my carry-on. Oh. I had it all my like my my tooth, you know, my Listerine. Right. And, Way to and, think ahead. Um, uh, in my suitcase. Mm-hmm. My um, I, I just went to uh, New York and Philadelphia this past weekend, and I got a plane. And my partner, who is kind of famously absent-minded. Um, Brought sunscreen and, like, some glue, and the TSA agent, like, got all up in our face, like, is this flammable? But, like, that's happened before, like, not too long after, you know, 9-11, you know, my partner's an artist, he forgot and packed a box cutter <laughs> in his carry-on, so, yeah, we've, um, I'm, I'm sure that they're probably keeping an eye on us yeah. whenever we come through the airport, because, yeah, right, um, yeah, oh, absentmindedly man. brought some. Yeah, I've packed scissors. Contraband. Oh yeah, for sure. I've had scissors in my carry-on, un like unplanned scissors. Because right. <laughs> I'm crafty, mm. and you know I use a bag for some craft item, and then use yeah. it as a carry-on, and forget that the scissors are in there. Oh, and I've wow. probably I've donated a lot of scissors <laughs> to the federal government. A yeah. lot nail of clippers. That kind of yeah, thing, no doubt. Yeah. Totally. Well, um, it's just, uh, just interrupt. Alex, I can barely hear folks, so I don't know if that can be oh. helped. Well, we hear you just fine, Dan. Are you shouting? Um, I sound like I'm, I, well, I don't know, actually. I'm just kidding. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm totally kidding. But I'm kind of disappointed. I'm in San Antonio, and I'm kind of disappointed because I was looking for, um, you know, the nightlife last night because I arrived oh. last night, and the bars are not open on Tuesday nights. Huh. I Weird. Mean, I, I could not find a single bar open, so I like I don't even know what the gay life is heat like here. And do you know what? I also want to put a little plug in for um, rap. Oh. At least our little town has a community center. Oh. So they have an 800 number that you actually call into. Right. You, you call into, um, and you're lucky if they're if they're um, answering. Right. Well, you are in, in Texas. That's true. <laughs> I mean, not to talk trash about Texas, but Austin is the, in my opinion, not that I've been, Texas is a big state, mm-hmm. but Austin is the only place worth visiting in Texas, I hear. Uh, That's what I hear. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not saying that it's um, true. It's the only place in Texas I've been, actually. I think in a lot of sort of like rural areas like that, the queer life just tends to go underground and you have to just sort of know people. It operates more in sort of like a house party System. Right, right. You know, it's, it's just it's, a, it's a friends thing. Yeah, and it's a lot harder for um, an an outsider or a tourist to get connected when you're just in town right. for a weekend. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's more grassroots. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. very well, much so. Speak, so how are you, Christy? You know, I'm good. I this past weekend I went to I took or I went with um, Danielle and um, my friend Kelly to this thing called the Dirty Show. Mm-hmm. Which is an art show that's okay. uh, tra- it usually gets displayed on Valentine's Day in New York and L.A., but obviously it can't be in three places at once, so it's traveling the country now. Wow! Um, and it was in Detroit this past weekend, huge deal, all weekend oh, cool. long, um, and it was a bunch of dirty art, you know. <laughs> Some well, of it, like that's like right. for instance, like clay and sand. Yes. It was really muddy. Oh. Really muddy. It was really muddy. So it's literally like No, it was oh, okay. no, it was not <laughs> literally. It was y'all totally dirty. Me out there. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> it was actually it was 
border some of it was you know pornographic some of it was merely erotic some of it right. was just suggestive mm-hmm. um mostly visual art a little um mostly paintings and photography that was kind of the right. extent of it a little bit of sculpture a little bit of installation um but anyway we went and i have to say it was very interesting um couple things though we all had our complaints um a very huge lack of body diversity hmm. huge lack yeah it was almost as if the people represented in the art could have were interchangeable that it, happens a lot it was very interesting to me like it wasn't just one artist's work this there was hmm. only maybe two artists had more than one piece in the whole show so I kind of, and especially with the photography, would have expected, you just yeah. can't get the same kind of person all the time. <laughs> you think not. To be in the modeling. And then uh, we also noticed not just body mm-hmm. type, size diversity, but also um, um, there was not a lot of skin color variety right. either. Um, a, a little bit. Probably more so than body diversity, in my opinion. But I'm a white person, so I may not have seen it as readily. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I mean, my I, I've talked with my partner, as I mentioned, who's an artist, uh, about this kind of thing a lot. And um, I guess I think part of it is just the function of an art school. You know, they, they tend to, for what for a number of reasons, like not be very insular and attract like a, a certain type of student, especially if they're not making like proactive efforts to, um, to, to, to run up the scope of the program. And what you get is these sort of enclaves of skinny white hipsters who take, um, pictures of their skinny white hipster friends, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so it's just kind of like this self-perpetuating thing that happens. Yeah. I totally know what you mean by that. Yeah. And then the crowd. I have to talk about the crowd briefly because this was actually way better than any of the art that was there. I mean, some of the art was very good. Mm -hmm. I have I I struggle sometimes with sexualized art because it can become too objectifying for me. And also, you know, I'm all for kink. I support Mm -hmm. kink, participate in kink. The issue I have with it is that when you see a picture of somebody's hands bound, mm-hmm. the question of consent is not readily available. Like, yeah. I can't get that answer sure. from yeah. seeing that picture, so it's really hard for me right. sometimes. Also, I think that um, the objectification stuff, it just challenges me to some extent, in a mm-hmm. in a good and in a bad way. Sure. I Totally. But anyway, the crowd, totally different experience. First of all, I have to just say... There were a lot of soccer moms in leather pants there. <laughs> a lot. Wow. Enough that it was remarkable. Yeah. <laughs> like, wow. whoa, you that's, know, that kind of Yeah, that's suburban thing. Detroit. Yeah, and there was also a few times when we were like, we would see someone and they would, we would say, they clearly had no idea what they were coming to. Hmm. They were walking around looking like ready to pass out. Oh, no. You know, really? um, yeah. Or, their, or if it was a woman, like, their husband had dragged them there. You know, mm. you could see him looking very eager to look at everything. And <laughs> oh, wow. The woman sort of oh. dazed and confused like a deer yeah. in headlights. Um, but the other thing I wanted to say to bring it all back to closets are for clothes. <laughs> I'll be damned if there were hardly any queers there. No. And I what? was very bothered by that. There were a few very obvious um, leather daddies and gay men. Mm-hmm. That was, they were clear to see. Um, I'm certain that there were many bisexual women <laughs> in that pornographically bisexual <laughs> way, 
but I didn't see anybody that looked like me. Hmm. You know, I didn't see anybody that looks like anybody we ever have on this show. Um, it was very disappointing. Not only did I not see it in the crowd, I didn't see it in the art either. Oh. But, you know, it's also partly... I'm wondering, I take that two ways. One is that it's refreshing that they just don't count, they just don't uh, focus on on erotic uh, art or pornographic art and always have LGBT folks there. But it also can be disturbing that we were not included in that. Right. I mean, I'm, I don't want to imply that it, that, that I, I think that queers were welcome. Mm-hmm. Okay. I just don't know if they did enough talking to us to let us know that this was available. This was an, a venue to, uh, an event to attend. This was, you know, a place to submit art yeah. What like I that's what I really feel was the issue because you know while <laughs> I did get stared at being my big gay self I'm sure <laughs> that that had more to do with who I am than the fact that I'm queer right yeah and I think you're exactly right about that that a lot of times it has to do with promotion and especially curation because I mean there are plenty of amazing you know, even canonical queer artists out there who have done some amazing stuff around, you know, bodies and sexuality and and whatnot. Um, um, My partner actually just at PS1, which is this museum, um, Alien Queens, I want to say, this weekend, saw this amazing show called Into Me, Out of Me, which was a lot of, like, very, like, corporal body, visceral stuff that included, like, some very, like, sexual stuff, but also some really dirty kind of bodily function <laughs> related <laughs> art and um there were the um he mentioned that there were there was a lot of of queer artists represented in that show um and a couple the names are escaping me right now but that kind of brings it back also to uh, what we were talking about last week because when we were coming we 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 flew in and drove back um, from New York, which is a long story, but on the way back, we went across the entire, entire state of Pennsylvania and saw several billboards for um, one Senator Rick Santor. <laughs> All kinds of yeah, Santorum. Right. And it, like speaking these, of bodily functions yeah. and dirtiness, <laughs> uh, we saw this one particular billboard that was a big um, sportsman for Santorum <laughs> billboard with he's got like a rifle slung over his shoulder and like. NRA endorsed and like it was just oh it was and this is really rural like Skankwater yeah. Michigan that we're in and it was just wow Santorum Santorum <laughs> never be able to look at a picture of that man again in the same way but I mean I've I mean, always like been him. repulsed <laughs> when I, I looked at him but I have to say Santorum I kind of yeah. like that phrase you kind of what I like the phrase sportsman for Santorum yeah you could I use mean, that it just brings all kinds of memories you could use that as a pickup line Dan <laughs> So how was your week, Bryn? Oh, it was great. Like I said, I mentioned, um, I got to go to New York and Philadelphia. Um, That's my Santorum story right there. Um, (laughs) uh, I took the the Chinatown bus back and forth from New York uh, to Philadelphia, which 
Have you heard of that before? Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. No, I have not. Oh, it's, they go to Boston too, right? Yeah, they go to um, pretty m- most cities with the Chinatown kind of like as an alternative to Greyhound. And, um, you know, I was so, like, I'd never taken it before. I asked a friend of mine to sort of help me out to figure out how it worked. And, you know, we got online and we did all of this, like, searching, okay, go exactly here, you know, and we map quested, you know, like, where I needed to go and, you know, what, you know, sort of counter I need to talk to. Like, well, I actually got there, you know, there's none of that. It's, you know, you're 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 buying, you know, your ticket from uh, a very loud lady who's, you know, yelling at you on the street corner. <laughs> and I did, and it was great. It was so cheap, and I, I don't know how they do it. I've been trying to figure out, like, because it's $10, you know, from back and mm-hmm. forth. Um, I got to see some really, you know, amazing people, fun people. Um, oh, I saw, we saw the Shondas, you know, who was oh. our favorite, you know, again. And they're just so nice. They're just such nice people. They're this great band who, you know, play We Camp should work Kansas on getting them on the Arbor. show. You know, I, we could call them up and they would. We're, we're great friends, apparently. Oh, <laughs> like, wow. did you know? I know. Well, like, how often do you go to see a band and leave the show and, like, they run up to you and say, like, oh, my God, I don't believe that you're going to leave without saying bye to us. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, like if you go to see shows a lot, I mean, you see, you run into so much, like, attitude and ego. And I was talking, you know, to Mike and, you know, we were talking, like, like I, we totally support this band. Like, we support them politically, personally, and, like, artistically. We think, like, everything they do is great. Because it's not very often that you get all three of those things. You might right. get, you know, good music and bad politics or, like, you know, like, good politics and, like, a bad attitude. But, like, they're just super nice. Nice wow. folks. Well, good. Yeah. We definitely should have the. We like nice people here in Closet. <laughs> so it would be a good idea to have them on the show. Mm-hmm. So what are we going to do now is we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back from that break, we're going to talk to some ba- to Sebastian from the LGBTA about lots of things, and not just the LGBTA, but some other stuff, too. Um, so stick around for that. We'll be um, right back with you. Are we back? But how does the mole put the leg in one at a time? I mean, you're trying to... Oh, we're back. Oh. We are back. Gotcha. We are back. Talking about moles putting on pants. Right, right. Something we do around here. We worry about moles walking around naked. Uh-oh. So we're back. Um, and we're here with Sebastian, who's an intern at the LGBTA here at U of M. And um, we got a... A lot of stuff to talk about, but the cool, you know, it being the start of the school year and all. Um, what are some, what are, well, welcome, first of all. It's nice yes, to welcome, have you Sebastian. Here. Hi. Um, and welcome to the LGBTA. It's, you know, your internship and all that being new. What's going on with LGBTA? Well, that is um, extremely a lot. Actually, I'm going to refer people to our website because there is a whole month of events. Oh, um, excellent. To start with that. But this Friday, um, and I can hear myself. This Friday, we have a brown bag uh, discussion on the title is the LGBT community harmonious whole or splintering parts. That's going to be this Friday 
uh, brown bag discussion during lunch. And then, as I was saying, October is the coming out month. We're going to have a whole month of events. Um, just to highlight some of those events, we're going to have a national coming out day at campus. Uh, that's going to be at the Central Campus Diag during uh, October 11 at noon. And we're also sponsoring Leslie Feinberg, Transliberation, Building Unity in an Era of Free Action, Racism and War. Uh, that event is co-sponsored by Social Work, uh, Women and Gender Studies, the IRWG, uh, RACAM, and other groups. Um, it's really important. October 24, 5 to 7 p.m. at the Michigan League, Leslie Feinberg. Now, who uh, is Leslie Feinberg? Leslie Feinberg is the author, uh, well, first of all, he's, he's recognized nationally and internationally as a transgender warrior. Mm-hmm. Um, Leslie is the author of uh, Stonebush Blues. It's a very important, uh, famous fiction book mm-hmm. on the story of uh, a, a butch. And wasn't, like, wasn't that one of the groundbreaking? Uh, I mean, I always hear about that. Everybody says, "Oh, you have to have read that book." Definitely, um, the amazing, uh, yeah. a spectacular book. Not only that book, but uh, the work of Leslie Faber in connecting the struggles of transgender people and uh, the women's movement and other uh, oppressed groups, workers' rights, and she she does a very good uh, work on connecting those struggles and 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 conciliating why is it that we need to stand together? And I think it's a very important. A lecture to attend, and also Leslie has been um, for us in the trans community uh, definitely a, a role model. Um, mm-hmm. I came out reading Stonebush Blues personally, so yeah. that's a very important um, author for us. Um, other events, because I know we don't have a lot of time. Uh, people check out the Speakers Bureau training, and we also have the Allyship trainings. And during the uh, October, because it's a whole month, I'm going to ask people to just go to the website. Uh, www. The, web- the website umich.edu and just look for the LGBTA office but just to highlight one of the events is also uh, the Washington Rainbow Variety Show on October 31st at 7pm that's going to be a, kind of a, a variety show with a lot of drag and, and, and that kind of gender play I um, invite everybody to check out the website there is also educational events happening a lot of brown bags um, now, with, with the website um, it, it has changed I want to let people know because I went to sign on uh, Sebastian and it actually it has changed since I've I, I've seen it. Uh, yeah, honestly, the, the easiest way to, f- including for me to find the website mm-hmm. is what I do is I go to the open page and I type LGBTA and it comes up. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's that's usually the. So easy going way. to the homepage, the umich.edu. Yes, homepage. and just like on searching it for it. LGBTA, you're gonna mm-hmm. it's gonna come up. It's a colorful new website with mm-hmm. rainbows. Now I'm going there. Yeah, <laughs> and, and actually we added a in, inside that website you'll find another link to a specific. Uh, website on the coming out week, so yeah. that's that's uh, that's about that. We also, um, if you want me to talk about other things we're doing, is that okay? Yeah, <laughs> of course. <laughs> we're doing um, well as part of my internship with the office. We're starting some new programs and trainings on uh, gender identity and gender expression. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the most important things we're going to start a dialogue discussion on going group on gender identity and gender expression. That's uh, inviting the whole community uh-huh. of Ann Arbor uh, to discuss and share with us a little bit about gender, not only for trans people but for wh- whoever wants to kind of challenge. Share and 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 kind of have fun with gender, but also our goal is to develop understanding, deeper understanding, and respect and celebration for gender expression and gender identity. Mm-hmm. Um, that program is still in the planning process, but we are hoping to start the last week of October. It's free for everybody, and just you give us a call. And is that open to the community, or is it just for U of M folks? It's open for the whole community. Mm-hmm. Actually, we're trying to to buy that work to 
include communities from all over Michigan. Obviously, we, it's a weekly event, right, so right. we spend mostly people from Ann Arbor, but it's U of M community and Ann Arbor community. Everybody's welcome. Oh, excellent. That's that's very cool and I, and very important work. Um, there's been, you know, a lot of stuff around U of M in particular about including gender gender identity and gender expression in the non-discrimination policy of the school. Um, and so I think that a discussion group like that just is. It's timely Definitely. and very important. Definitely. We also, uh, as always, developing events around Transgender Day of Remembrance in November. Mm -hmm. um, in that sense, I'm working both with the LGBTA office and also with the School of Social Work. Uh, this year, we're going to have a very special presentation at the School of Social Work on November 15th. That's the day when we're going to call it the Challenge My Gender Day. We're going to ask oh, people wow. to dress up differently, challenge gender stereotypes, and participate in Action Day on Anti-Gender Oppression. At 7 p.m., we're going to be presenting the documentary, Cruel and unusual. Oh, I've seen You've that. Seen that it's one? So it's it's pretty good. It's, um, it's impressive. Right? I uh, got to meet the filmmakers and everything. Um, oh, I'm so excited that you're showing yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, we're showing that at seven. Um, it's a documentary film about the lives of trans women in the prison system. And we're bringing two important national activists, uh, transgender activists from New York, Dean Spade and June Brown. Uh, June Brown. Oh, I'm going to be presenting so after the movie. We're going to have kind of a Q&A and sort of reception. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot happening. So that's, um, you said that was November 15th? November 15th at the School of Social down. Work. Yeah, and so all day is Challenger, Challenge My Gender Day. So yeah. let's talk about that a little bit more because I, I'm curious to know how someone would go about challenging their gender. I'm... Yeah, yeah, definitely. The call out is uh, as part of, uh, of 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 the work to challenge gender oppression um, is is precisely to engage in actions through our body and body actions in which we challenge gender stereotypes. For example, a woman who has always lived under you know the feminine in the spectrum of femininity, where you wear traditional what's considered traditional feminine clothes, but that day we're inviting the person to kind of do the drag king thing and cross-dress. Um, in, in the same way, if you are uh, actually a woman who never wears a dress, then maybe that's the day to do it. I mean, I personally haven't worn a dress since I was, uh, I don't know, born. Um, <laughs> and I'm going to be wearing a pink dress that day. Right on. Um, so so it's, it's basically an action in which people engage to, to challenge gender stereotypes in a very explicit, performative, and, and, and celebratory way. I was hoping that was sort of the answer. I at the Fat Girl Flea Market in New York <laughs> City um, this past summer. I was talked into buying an evening gown. Yay! Oh, wow. with sparkles on it. It's, it's a crazy dress. That's um, by my friend, a, a, a drag king of longstanding named Uncle Louie, <laughs> um, and. I've been looking for a reason to November wear it. 15, I you got it. Normally have a reason to wear an evening <laughs> yeah. gown, and I. Now I have a reason. I'm That's so excited. excited. Yeah. What, it, what day of the week does that fall on? That's a Wednesday. Oh, uh -oh. see? Uh -oh. Uh -oh. <laughs> totally wear it to the show. And oh, then we can wow. chat right over and see the movie after. Yeah, that Definitely. would be great. Um, do you, could you, Sebastian, could you tell, for people who don't know, a little bit about what the Sylvia Rivera Law Project does, who Sylvia Rivera was, like that kind sure. of thing? Sure. Um, the Sylvia Rivera Law Project uh, is a nonprofit organization in New York City. It was uh, funded by Dean Spade, one of the people we're bringing. Mm -hmm. um, um, this is a community organize, organization that's focused on serving um, underserved mm -hmm. trans people, right. particularly those who are in extreme poverty. And two of the main programs, one is the educational portion of it, they're pro the producers of 
videos like uh, toilet training and awareness right. of the use of restrooms for trans people. But they also uh, provide legal services for transgender um, people who are abused by the police or by the system. And they do an amazing job on in, in kind of including the priority of identities, but also keeping it focused enough to provide for those who are underserved. Absolutely. Yeah, we've actually had folks from the Sylvia Rivera Law Project on the show. Um, we have. And I have some friends over there. Yeah, and we've also talked a lot about Sylvia Rivera yeah. herself yeah. Uh, on this Boricua. show. Um, <laughs> and in case you don't know who that is, if you're listening, you should look her up. But she's purportedly the person who flew, threw the first brick at the Stonewall riots. Right. And um, that's an important person in our history. So. Yeah. She did a lot of great um, sort of sort of street level action right. and organizing, and um, especially around you know trans people, um, you know poor trans people and trans people of color, like in terms of thing, basic things like ho- housing and like mm-hmm. you know protection from the police. Um, you know, she found an organization called um, the Street Transvestite Action Stop. Revolutionary Star. Yeah. Exactly. Um, mm-hmm. Worked a lot with the Black Panthers. She was an amazing, amazing. She really, person. really yeah. was. And so, yeah, definitely check out more information. I think www.srlp.org. Oh. oh, excellent. Thank you so <laughs> much, Sebastian. That's very helpful. So any other things that you want to make sure that people know about going on um, at least in the next month or so? Well, basically, I, again, I invite people to check out the website on Coming Out Day. Um, if anybody's interested in joining the group, they can start calling and signing up for that. It's and a free. Where they call? Uh, they, sh- they should call the LGBTA office. Let me check. Let me check. Um, call Florette over there. <laughs> it's 763-4186. You know the number. Or 764. <laughs> Um, and, and the other thing is, um, if anybody is interested in helping in putting up uh, events, they can give me a call or send me an email at sebast.umich.org. Okay. Excellent. Well, awesome. thank you, Sebastian, very much. We look forward to having you um, on the show again in the future. Please return. Definitely. Yes, indeed. Cool. And thank you. And give our best to everybody at the LGBTA. Sure, I will. Thank you so much. Sure. We're going to take another quick break, and then we're going to be back with uh, Jenny Lane and talk about some more art. Wow. This is Keith Orr from Common Language Bookstore and The Out Bar. You're listening to Closets Are for Clothes on WCBN. FM Ann Arbor, 88.3 on your radio dial. All right, we are back, and um, Dan, you know a lot more about uh, what we're going to be talking to Jenny about. Would you like to maybe introduce it? I would be honored to introduce this. Um, We have a, uh, Ypsilanti is going to be having, is honored to have uh, an exhibit that's coming in town. It's it's actually an audio and photo exhibit uh, called Children of Children, and basically what it does is it, it provides, well, actually, so this is something that basically has come to the community, um, and folks do, that deal with teenage pregnancy are um, were given this project, um, and uh, they um, and I guess they were there. You guys were, um, and one of the folks that is um, helping to host this, or, or I don't know if I can call you a chair, but you're definitely a coordinator, um, is Jenny Lane um, from uh, Planned Parenthood. 
You got it, Dan. So, and is Jenny, are you the only one that's there that's from the committee? Yes. Ah, I got you. Okay. Representing. <laughs> yeah. uh, but the, and the reason why I answer that is because it, it's a made up of a, a group of, of 20 different agencies from the community um, uh, putting this together and bringing this exhibit um, to, I guess, create conversation. So, um, what else can you say, uh, kind of introducing what this exhibit's all about? Well, you got a, gave a good nutshell. The state has been providing these grants to different communities. So Ipsy was chosen. And, you know, one thing is really one of the main goals is to get dialogue started and continue about teen pregnancy and teen parenting without judgment. I right. kind of like that piece. Mm-hmm, yeah. and, it's, and that is one of the greatest parts about this whole exhibit is that it doesn't condone, it doesn't you know, support, but it doesn't do this punitive scare Mm -hmm. tactic. If you become a teen parent, your life is going to be ruined and your kid's going to be messed up. But it's just this neutral, powerful look. And so each piece is this black and white. And just to look at the pieces alone is is really moving. But then they each have an audio narrative that goes with it. So somebody comes through the exhibit, they put the headphones on, and they look Mm -hmm. into the eyes of the subject while the mm. subject is telling their story. There's, I think, 50 different pieces. So that's, you know, and then it starts discussion and continue, you know, so we continue the dialogue and, and schools are invited to come. And a lot of field trips are being planned. But the other really great, amazing thing about this that we've just been really pleased with is that the one of the goals of the grant is to get agencies to partner who might not ordinarily have partnered oh, towards wow. teen pregnancy prevention mm-hmm. and education. So, you know, there are a number of different agencies that, you know, we maybe wouldn't partner with ordinarily on something, not that we would, you know, be exclusive oh, no, or, let it, you know, keeping them out. But, well, there's the, the list of 20. Oh, We've wow. got 20 <laughs> different ones. So it's a really long list, yeah. actually, of all of the agencies. Mm-hmm. But for instance, some of the main ones, you know, there's HIV AIDS Resource Center, so mm-hmm. HARC and IPSI, First Steps Washtenaw, EMU has been a huge partner, um, Catholic Social Services, the Corner Health Center, right. school districts, so Lincoln, um, IPSI, Reproductive Health Committee, Planned Parenthood, and of course, um, the county. So the health department at the county, Raising Strong and Confident Daughters, Stone High School, Teen Parent Center at Help Source, Head Start. So Washington County Public Health, that's the proper name now, mm-hmm. right, Dan? Yes, so, yes. <laughs> yeah, so the, and the National Organization for Women. So, right. you know, some people who basically care about youth issues and prevention right, right. Yeah. coming together. Did you the corner health center? Yeah, I did. Okay. Yeah, in the corner for sure. And ozone, thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's a few more. There's a few more. Um, we've got a consultant from the Juvenile Justice Bureau of Juvenile Justice. Okay. And so just other folks who are interested in prevention, interested in youth issues, mm-hmm. and how people's lives are affected in a yeah. neutral but really thoughtful, really compelling mm-hmm. way of presenting it. Sure. Well, and one of the things I really liked about with this group is that they're, I mean, one of the things I think with this um with the exhibit coming to town, it really did help um, a group of folks, like a coalition, basically coming together and kind of saying, "Well, what do re- what resources do we have um, to to deal with this topic?" And it was really, it's been, I think, for me, listening to people's stories of, it's been very interesting hearing um, of what type of resources we really do have and how little resources we do have um, in in Washtenaw. Even though we always think of Washtenaw as a, 
as, as tons and tons, you know, there's, oh, of course we, we, we have no needs, we have no, but I was really amazed on some of the reactions to helping to support um, this type of a, uh, an event. Mm-hmm. And so um, it's been really humbling also to see how people have really started to take a, I guess, a, taking it really personal and going and asking friends for help to make this happen. So it's been really quite the community effort to to bring this exhibit um, to Ypsilanti. So especially because it's a national exhibit, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, it does sound like, I mean, that's a lot of community support. Yeah. That's 20 organizations. You named some of them. I mean, that's really, it's awesome. Yeah. Um, and in particular, it's awesome in that you were, what you were saying, that it's doing this without judgment, talking about right. teen parenting without judgment. Um, so I've heard a lot about it, but I don't know when it is or where it's at. Yeah, we can give you some details okay. on it, too. <laughs> for sure. We've got those. Um, so it's the opening reception is this coming Wednesday, October 4th. And that opening reception is going to be, and actually the whole exhibit is, is over at, at our neighbors down the road at Eastern Michigan. <laughs> and so the opening reception is at McKenney Union Ballroom. And that starts at 530 and we've got some pretty cool speakers who are coming to that. The State Surgeon General, Dr. Kimberly Don Wisdom, mm-hmm. Dr. Cheryl Farmer, who's the mayor of Ypsilanti, and the EMU Provost, Dr. Lapnow. Mm-hmm. And then our county um, health officer, Ellen Clement, is the master of ceremonies. So we've, we've got some youth involved as well. Some youth are going to speak that night, and then they'll also speak the following night. There's a, a really nice event which is the youth opening reception. So the youth okay. event is going to be the next night, and that's at King Hall, which is actually where the exhibit is. So the exhibit will run from October 4th through the 21st. Mm-hmm. And there are different hours every day. So, well, not every day exactly, but Monday through Thursday, it's from, open from 10 to 2 and 4 to 8. Friday, it's got specific hours, Saturday and Sunday. So I would suggest people check out the website because the hours are posted there mm-hmm. and directions to where the exhibit is, along with a number of other really great things. This website is actually pretty thorough. It's through the county website. It's um, publichealth.ewashtenaw.org. So publichealth.ewashtenaw.org, and that has really all of the info about partnering agencies and the grant. And, you know, going back to something that you were saying about getting all of these communities, um, agencies to work together, I think, you know, the grant's not a really huge grant, (laughs) just to put it bluntly. It's not not a ton of money. And we're doing this opening reception where Mm -hmm. we're expecting hopefully up to, you know, 300 people there and, you know, some folks that we want to make sure there's, Mm -hmm. you know, Something beyond coffee. And it's a little swanky. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. But at the same time, it's nonprofit organizations right, really sure. working together for the most part. So like mm-hmm. Dan said, I think that that's part of why the grant isn't so massive because mm-hmm. people had to really be creative about coming sure. up with support. Um, and Dan, you know, being at EMU and... You know, his ways with folks. He just <laughs> kind of worked his magic with several people. And we got wow. a couple of... Um, Really nice grants from people at EM, some departments at EMU. Mm-hmm. A couple of them just sponsoring bus scholarships. So that's very Great. cool. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. Very cool. So if you have um, a little brother or little sister that is going to high school, um, have them maybe talk to their teacher about coming to the event. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's very cool. Um, also, I, I don't know if we can talk about this. Is um, you know why was Ypsilanti chose? Uh, chosen or Washtenaw County chosen um, as only one of two places 
um, to bring the event in Michigan. Well, my understanding is that it's been to a few different communities in the past five years, and this year we're, we, you're right, we were chosen and really actually targeted. And part of it is because we don't have a teen parenting like coalition already. We don't have a, a group of, of organizations working together to address that issue. Mm-hmm. The other part of the issue is a little less... Um, a little less glam, maybe a little more, less savory, but it's really because our STD rates are pretty high and, in Ypsilanti, and teen pregnancy rates are very high, you know, comparatively, proportionately. So there's a need. There's a need for discussion. There's a need for education in the schools. I certainly have a bias towards that, but I think, you know, we, we really, really don't have a, a huge presence in, in the prevention in Ypsilanti area. So they're doing, I know some teachers there who are doing what they can and really working yeah. hard, and there are students who are working hard at, at that message. But mm-hmm. Your bias is one that we share on the show. We talk I'm about safe. <laughs> I know. I'm glad that I feel safe here. Well, yeah. that's one of the things that I don't, for our listeners who, who hear us say it over and over and over again, is getting involved in your community. Um, and... I know Christy and I have always talked about, and we'll probably convince Bryn pretty quickly here, um, <laughs> of like, you know, get involved in your community. Get involved Absolutely. with, you know, folks, yeah. because this is, this is not just about, you know, the pregnancy issues, the STD issues, but it's also about getting involved politically because some folks, their hands are tied because of what uh, certain boards in our community, um, i.e. school boards, um, have decided on what we're allowed to tell our teens. Right. And, and and as our listeners yeah. have, I haven't said it in over a year, but I'm going to say it now, <laughs> yeah. on my anniversary is of saying the statement, is that, you know, if we had, if, if we had found out that our teens were um, dying of cancer and we had, and we knew what the solution was, and we refuse to tell them what the solution was, I think our community would be in an uproar. Right. Mm. But when it comes to something that, um, uh, about sex, when it comes to about, you know, t- t- um, pregnancy, learning about our bodies, um, learning about who we are um, sexually, that, oh, my gosh, we cannot talk about that. We can't deal with this issue. And, um, and I guess what I'm hoping is that people start, by going to this exhibit, would actually start, you know, start that conversation, even if it's not necessarily getting in, involved in running for mayor or running for city council, but maybe they're starting the conversation within their families and talking about how important this issue really is um, and in their community. Well, and getting it, you bring up getting involved, you know, and there's a, I mean, there's a very real example in Ypsilanti about getting involved. You know, there was a big push about putting locks on the computers in the library, like firewalls that you couldn't look up sex-related things in the public library. Mm -hmm. So if you went in there and wanted to look up breast cancer, you would get a warning page. If you wanted to look, I mean, breast cancer, which is not sexual. You want to look up breastfeeding. You know, so, I mean, getting involved in what what made that not happen was people saying, are you kidding? Well, and another step on that, my partner teaches, and he uh, has a DSA in his high school. So he's the sponsor, and they started it last year, and he asked me for some good websites. Mm -hmm. So I forwarded in the websites in his filter. I mean, he's a faculty member. His filter did not let him even open the websites for, I mean, we're talking about, you know, 
glisten and right. you know, how right. scary is that? But right. Right. so it's not even. Right. Well, this is a really good segue to my events. Cool. So oh, I'm going to share awesome. some events, hey, hey, hey. and these are some really great ways that people can be involved, really at different levels. So there's a way for parents to be involved, mm-hmm. and there's a way for people who work in prevention or work with youth or have an interest in preventing HIV, STDs, as well as pregnancy among youth. So one is that there is a group of outreach workers, health educators, etc., who get together uh, four times a year to um, serve on this sort of it's a networking committee. You don't have to like be there for a certain number of meetings. People can come when they can come. It's usually in this area of the region, um, but it's a statewide uh, partnership or, you know, it's a committee. And that's Wednesday, October 11th. It's the STD, HIV, AIDS, and Adolescence Networking Meeting. And that's from 1030 to 130. And that's at, at almost all of these events are around this um, that we're having right at King Hall. So folks can, yeah, help yourself there. We've got some literature. Um, but this this uh, networking meeting is nice just for people to come and hear different speakers and to meet people who are doing the same kind of prevention work. So that's a nice piece. And this is going to be these events are not all currently on that site, but they will be. So um, if people have questions about that, they can call Ardeth Alderdice at 484-9865. And that's the STD, HIV, AIDS, and Adolescence Networking Meeting. A couple more events real quick. I mentioned the youth opening event, and that's on Thursday, October 5th. That's at 730, and that's also at King Hall. And that is neat. They've got um, the Lyricist Lounge through Ozone House is going to be kind of working in conjunction with that that night. So kids are going to be coming and performing. Oh, great. So they've got a lot of, like, spoken word and, and poetry stuff they're going to do that night. Mm-hmm. And um, some visual arts as well, oh, cool. youth art. One of the things that came out of this was, gosh, there's not a lot of support for youth art in the Ann Arbor yeah. Ipsy area. Mm-hmm. And so some youth have come out of the woodwork here for this. And that's really oh, that's nice. Awesome. A couple more real quick things. There's a parent workshop that Planned Parenthood has done before called Beyond the Birds and the Bees. And that's Thursday, October 12th. So for parents of preteens or teens, this is to help them out Mm -hmm. in just communication strategies, how to talk about sex, how to talk about, you know, drinking, curfews, all of the things that give challenges Mm -hmm. to parents during adolescent years. So for people who want more information about that, they can give me a call at Planned Parenthood at 973-07. One zero. My name is Jenny. And we're also going to have a teen parent panel and an educator training. So those other events are going to be going on around this event, around the whole exhibit. So, sure. now, wait, 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 What was that last one with the... Um and the, the panel? teen panel? Yeah, the panel. So there's a couple of thing, ways that we're going to utilize the voices of teens in our community. The... Um, one is that Help Source organization is, I think, the largest nonprofit in our county. I just heard that recently that they've got, they just have a ton of different programs. Right. And one of their programs is the Teen Parent Center. Okay. So their Teen Parent Center has like a speakers bureau, basically, who goes, who they are trying to have more presence in high schools. Mm-hmm. So they're going to have um, just a, a little panel kind of thing on Saturday, October 14th. That's in conjunction with the exhibit. And then we're going to do an educator training where we'll utilize that panel as well. The panel will be our guest speakers for a piece of it. And educators will learn some ways that we can avoid slipping into that, like, dangerous territory of if you have a... If your mother is a teen parent and you're a boy, you've got 13 times more likely chance of going to prison or, you know, like these kind of really statistics that, and I might have gotten the one wrong, so, you know, don't quote me on that. But there is a statistic very similar to that where people, 
you know, use it again and again to really scare people, thinking that mm-hmm. that's going to change behavior. Absolutely. Right. And, it, and it stigmatizes, too. I feel like, you know, I'm, I have yeah. a friend who's very involved in sort of like um, different um, movements around parenting. And, you know, she herself, you know, was a teen parent. And um, and she just she just has run up on this again and again and again in trying to access services like, well, why did you do that? Why did you make the choice to do that? And it's very alienating. So I think it's really great that you guys are working to combat Well, that. and then thinking about the kids in the classroom mm-hmm. who, if they are sitting there and, and teachers are sending a message that's really a punitive message, mm-hmm. whose parents were teen parents when they had them? What sure. is that? How does that make them feel about their right. potential right. for exactly. success? So, you know, at the same time, I want to say, you know, we're not going out, you know, saying, <laughs> this is, you know, you should all try it, but... It's hard to get that balance. Exactly. What the message is going to be like, okay, they love their kids. They wouldn't regret, they don't regret having the children mm-hmm. because they love them. What parent's going to say, yeah, I regret having this kid sure. publicly like that at least. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but then to be able to say at the same time, yeah, I wish I would have waited. Mm-hmm. So there's just, there's a lot of humanity in it. Right. It's, um, I've, I've seen the video about this exhibit. The exhibit's not here yet, so I haven't seen it yet. But one thing that a curator said at a museum that had been at previously was it's not uncommon to walk through and see people just sitting stunned or in tears or mm-hmm. sitting privately or writing a journal. or mm-hmm. Just it affects people on different levels for mm-hmm, different reasons, sure. but it's just this whole experience. Wow. Yeah. So with this experience, so you would be attending the, you you would go to the exhibit, and it just basically is kind of a walkthrough. It's a self-guided tour. Um, yeah. And you would just then just pick a a, a a portrait to listen to their story, and and you can listen to as many as you want at one time, or you can listen exactly. to a couple and come back. Right. And that's what we encourage people to do is maybe come one time to get a little sampling. Mm-hmm. There's no way someone can see the full exhibit in one visit sure. so that they might, you know, try to get a diverse array of stories, mm-hmm. you know, get di- people with different backgrounds. I mean, there are people, what does it say, aged like 12 to 100. Yep. Mm. So, I mean, there's really a wide, wide range of ethnicities and ages okay. and experiences. Uh, how how long, you may have mentioned this before, but just, again, how long is the exhibit going to be up? It's until October 21st. Okay, so people mm-hmm. have plenty of time. I There's always that maxim that people go to openings to see people and then come back to see art. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So right, sometimes right. When, when these big, when the swanky events are going on, you okay. might not you get, get to, to appreciate see yeah, the stuff. And fully, yeah. yeah, and I'd r- probably recommend, like, since it's open Monday through Thursday, 10 to 2 and 4 to 8, coming on the later side. You know, like, yeah. if you can do the 4 to 8 thing, there will probably be fewer large school groups in there, yeah. and people can have more privacy to kind of just mm-hmm. cruise through at their own pace. That's great. This sounds spectacular. Um, I'm very eager to go and yeah. see it. You know, that I'm a parent. I think about these yeah. things. Um, of course, there was never a chance in hell that I was we were ever going to have a baby by accident. Mm. But um, <laughs> I, but I, I, mean, I was just talking about it yesterday, yeah. you know, like now that I have a kid and I and this is going to sound whack, but I don't mm-hmm. mean it to as particularly a daughter. Mm-hmm. I think about reproductive health in a totally different way. Sure. Like I've always been very aware of it and very into it and mm-hmm. very much in tune and give me all the information. But now I feel 
even stronger. I want her to have all the information she can possibly have. Sure. And I want it to start now. <laughs> yeah. She's not even yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. it's going to happen soon because right. you know my daughter's five. And, right. and we oh. it's just a couple nights ago. Wait a minute. She says, again, I just still don't get how the sperm and the egg get together. I know the sperm <laughs> comes from the penis, but wait, but... And how did it happen with me? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All righty. And of course, you know, like, I can't, you know, someday she's going to be like, shut the hell up, Bob. You know, (laughs) I really don't want to hear anymore. This embarrassed me so much. Yeah. (laughs) Is that damage the kid talking about that early? Well, okay, so that's another whole show. So I'll come back and talk to you about it. but, But ultimately, my thought is, is that when they know about just sort of the, the basics and they know about it in the context of a loving relationship mm-hmm. and that someone, you know, comes to a family who wants them, that really beyond that, if you wait, the longer you wait, the more stigma it is because the more mm-hmm. culture's done a number on their whole ideas of shame and body and stuff like right. that. And then it's like, oh, sick, you did that. And it's mm-hmm. like this scarring, awful thing when you find out. Mm-hmm. I mean, most people remember when they first learned about... You know, oh, is that how babies are made nasty? And I don't want her to have that kind of, you know, now she knows. I've told her not to, you know, run and tell her friends because (laughs) parents will choose different times to tell other kids. Yeah. And those are all, that's a great thing. I mean, we've definitely talked about that in our family about when we start talking about it and how we start talking about it. Mm -hmm. And what basically what we've said is, you know, we talk about sex on a fairly regular basis already. On the radio. (laughs) On the radio, in real life, from the internet, wherever. Like, we don't really, because we don't want our kid, our current kid, and any potential future kids Mm -hmm. to grow up with the shame around sex and around talking about it and not, you know, there's, there's a whole host of reasons why it sucks to have stigma and shame around mm-hmm. talking about sex. The, you know, the biggest one, probably the most dangerous one being stuff around STDs and, sure, and yeah. things like that. But there's also, you know, getting your needs met, mm-hmm. you know, and being able to, to access things and talk about things in an honest and open way and not have right. crappy sex your whole life. <laughs> Well, and not to mention, I think there are a lot of things that you can start when kids are really young that aren't intercourse related, that aren't, you know, so like body rights and responsibilities. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's hard for me sometimes when I want to give her hugs and kisses and she doesn't want to be hugged and Mm -hmm. kissed at that moment, but I want to respect that she should be able to say, I don't feel like being hugged or kissed right now, so that that carries through when she's 14 or got to bed 11 or 17 or whatever. And and it also, it affords me, I've have the same thing with it. It affords me the opportunity to talk to other people about personal space all the time. Yeah, sure. Because with a baby, people are like, oh, she has no personal space. I'm mm-hmm. going to get right in her face. Mm-hmm. And I have to, you know what? You're freaking her out. You need yeah. to back up. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want my baby to scream. Yeah. And you're just being rude. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it makes sense if we're Absolutely. sexual from birth till death that sexual messages, including the body rights and responsibilities mm-hmm. and gender identity and comfort with yourself and not feeling a sense of limits by your gender identity. You right, know, just right. all the pieces that go with that can start really, really early. Mm-hmm. And if, you know, and if your child is not getting it from you, they're they're going to get that information somewhere if they're oh, old enough to sure. ask those questions. And, uh other kids. You well, know? they're old enough even just to listen. They yeah. don't even have to be active about mm-hmm. finding out the answers to the questions. They just need to sit around and listen. And, you know, if you watch the Cartoon Network for an afternoon, there's a whole lot of information that comes across about, even about the stuff we're talking about, you know, mm-hmm. that's not necessarily intercourse related, like sure. you said, Jenny, but just sort of gender identity related, gender 
um, role related. Yeah. Yeah. Cartoons are really sophisticated now too. There's yeah. a lot of subtext there. Oh, I feel yeah. like yeah, mm-hmm. that kids I feel like might pick up on more than we know. I mean, you you watch these cartoons and they're very like, you know, there are these in jokes that the adults are supposed to get, but like. Kids yeah. are very perceptive. Kids are figuring it out. Yeah. Well, and I think so many parents just don't want to, you know, put their head in the sand because right. it's scary. It yeah. is a really mm-hmm. hard thing for parents, especially if they didn't have, you know, a good role model for, you know, clear, thoughtful conversations when they were younger. So I, th- I understand why they're scared. I mean, it is like, okay, how do I want to put this? But if they want their values to come across instead of media values right. and other crap that yeah. is, is what kids get fed, whether we like it or not, on the bus or playground or wherever. Sure. Yeah, there's a great book, actually. They sell it, or they used to sell it, Planned Parenthood, and they still do. Um, what's the name of that book again? The, it's Perfectly no. Normal. Yes, or the, I yeah, I love that book. I do, too. Yep. I love it. There's actually a, we're winding down, I think. There's actually a part in that book where it says, it talks about breasts. This is my favorite part. And it says, and some women wear bras, some women don't. It's just the way it is. <laughs> That's perfect. Amen. Yep. Perfect. Thanks so perfect. much for having me, you sure. guys. Thank, Thank you, Jenny. You. We Thank really you enjoyed having you. And um, Dan and I will both be out of here next week, so you're going to have a best of closets next week. Um, because it wouldn't be fair for Bryn to have to host the show all by herself in Yikes. the second week. Yikes. That would be totally, completely unfair. Don't uh-huh. think, though, the thought didn't cross our minds. <laughs> thank you, Dan, for calling in, and thank you for, um, or have a, enjoy the rest of your trip in Texas. I will, and, I will. I'll see you guys in a couple weeks. Yeah, see you in a couple weeks, Dan. All right, have a good night, everybody. Thanks for tuning into Closets Are Foreclosed on WCBN FM 88.3 Radio Free Ann Arbor. You can contact us by calling 734-763-3500. That's 763-3500. Or you can write us here at the station at 530-SAB Ann Arbor, Michigan 48109. The views and opinions expressed on Closets Are Foreclosed are solely those of their speakers and are not the opinions of WCBN or our licensees, the regents of the University of Michigan. For Dan Burns, I'm Christy Cardinal. See you at the same time, same place, next week, Wednesday from 6 to 7. Peace. Okay, yes, yes, WCBN, FM Ann Arbor is the station. The show right now, after closets are foreclosed, is The Hop. I am your host. My name is Robert. I do this thing every Wednesday evening from 7 to 9 p.m. Spinning soul and funk jams. Tonight we're going to start off with one of my favorite songs by a group called The Dynamics, called Ain't No Love At All, and followed up with Melvin Davis, and a track uh, by him off the Mala label called Love Bug Got a Bear Hug.